This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to Revolution Church Podcast's Meet Your Congregation, a uh, sub-podcast um, almost an extended segment where we try to weekly put out episodes where you get to kind of get to know fellow online or physical members of our congregation. It's me, Caleb, here with Jay. Hey. And, and our Did you say me, Caleb? It's me, Caleb. Oh, it's me, Caleb. Yeah, okay. It's going by a new name. <laughs> me, Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are here with online congregation member Scott Murray. Hello, Scott. Hey, guys. How are y'all? We're doing okay. Doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Just trying to stay warm. Hanging in there. Yeah. How much snow do y'all have so far? Oh, gosh. What do we have today? We, we just got a new snowfall today. What do we got? I don't know. Around a foot or something? Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I live in an apartment, so luckily they're cleaning the streets. There you go. Oh, you can hear as I oh, speak. Oh, in the background. Yeah, you can hear. Cue the street sweeper. <laughs> they're in the background. Yeah, yeah. right. It'd be pretty good if that was like a special effect on the soundboard that we had set up, <laughs> like morning zoo, morning radio type thing. <laughs> so you're in, in Tennessee, there, huh? That's right. Yep, in Jackson, Tennessee, it's kind of the pit stop mm. between Memphis and Nashville. Right, so. right. In the in the Bible Belt, huh? Oh, right there at the belt buckle, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Bible Belt buckle. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, uh, yeah, this is our first time communicating. I, I guess you exchanged some emails with our, uh, I guess, team member volunteer, Josh Murray. Yeah. No relation, I assume. No, not that we found <laughs> out yet. How do you know Josh? Uh, well, he uh, through the uh, website, pretty oh, much. Cool. I just sent a message to you guys. You know, I listened to some of your podcasts. And I really appreciate what you're doing and how you're reaching out to folks and, uh, so I just sent a message that way, just saying, keep up the good work. And then he replied back a couple of weeks. He was like, I'm so sorry. It took so long to reply back. It's like, don't worry about it, cuz. Yeah, we're <laughs> and, totally uh, unorganized so religion. Then he, and then he was like, well, hey, you want to do Meet Your Congregation? And those are the ones I enjoy listening to quite a bit. Just oh, cool. to kind of, you know, listen to the variety of folks uh, you guys are reaching out to. So Very cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, religious background and, and how you were raised and all that? Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Tennessee, Jackson, and um, uh, grew up in the United Methodist Church, uh, but I was uh, 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 christened in the Catholic Church. So my mom's side's Catholic, my dad's side, uh, United Methodist. And so they figured, uh, you know, throw some water on me in the Catholic Church and then take <laughs> Sunday school in the Protestant church, and then uh, they got me covered, hit all the bases. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was it was uh, pretty good. You know, I was in the, the, the big church downtown growing up and then went off to college and was with the Methodist student group in college. Uh, then met my wife there. Uh, we stayed in Middle Tennessee for a little while, then moved back home to Jackson and uh, back in my original church. And so I've been there ever since. So... All in all, it's been a pretty solid experience for me. And, uh, you know, no major curveballs uh, have been thrown at me. So, okay. Well, that's good to hear. That's that's nice to hear, actually. Mm-hmm. We don't hear that a lot. Yeah. We usually hear a lot of curveballs. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, really refreshing and, 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 to hear that. And that's really, yeah. And, and, you know, listen to everybody's stories. I'm just like, God, that sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
I hate hearing that, but um, yeah, but at the too. same time, I'm uplifted because uh, they have a place to share that and hmm. to to um, uh, help in uh, repair uh, themselves spiritually from that. So hmm. I really appreciate you guys doing that for folks. We just had a, a conversation um, with a, a, a friend of ours, Mickey, from the original revolution that started in Arizona in 1994. And we were talking about how when revolution first started, it was like we just saw all these people falling through the cracks at these churches. And so we thought, well, let's just start this punk, hippie, skateboard, weird church. Like we didn't even have a theology. Like we probably had Assemblies of God theology, which is not a great theology. And But we just were like, let's just make a place for people to come who don't like they feel like they fit in. And, and talking about how kind of the theology evolved after the the church started, you know what I mean? It kind of evolved from those relationships and getting to know people and right. kind of like minded people and people recommending books and and having life experiences and, and things like that. And it's really interesting to be twenty some odd years later and still hearing similar stories you know it, it might not be because i'm a punk i don't belong in church but or because i'm gay or because i did this or because i questioned this you know and it's nice to be able to be a, still be a place that's i don't know if refuge is the right word but you know a, a collective of people who who have gone through that but it's always refreshing to hear someone say like you know oh no i've gone through the church and mm-hmm. nothing's too crazy mm-hmm. which is I'm, the methodist must have a method <laughs> Hence the name. Yeah, we got a pretty solid method there. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. We still have our, uh, uh, you know, errors in our ways uh, that we're still, you know, working with and struggling with. Um, you know, we have a general conference coming up. We had one uh, where uh, uh, the discussion of uh, uh, sexual orientation within the church yeah. and trying to come up with a resolution within that. And it's funny because we've been fighting this ever since. Uh, the United Methodists in 1968 was formed, and that okay. that discussion has been uh, going on since then. But it looks like you know everybody. Every time we have a general conference, it's like, is this going to be uh, the one that tears the church apart? Right. And that's just one of those things that um, a lot of people struggle with uh, within our church, and mm. and you can see the effects of it. You know, not coming to a a, a consensus on how we should care for one another and love one another and, and getting stuck in the rules and, and, and how it just makes it uh, tough on everyone. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a part of a denomination at all. And, um, and I know when we became an affirming church, you know, I never, the church, we never fully recovered, you know, financially, right. you know, or probably number wise, you know, I mean, even though it's 2020 now, you know what I mean? Almost. And yeah. we still feel the effects of it, you know. I don't regret a day or a second of the, for the decision we made, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough for me that inclusion can be such a divisive issue, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Scott how how do you see that tension? And I'm not even directly directly asking you about your opinion on the matter, but I'm just curious about how you, being in uh, in the church, how you see that tension playing out maybe in in your home church and in 
the church as a whole, like at the conference and stuff like that? Like, do you, do you have interactions with a lot of congregation members who, who lie on both sides of that? Or is it a majority one way or the other? Or how do you see that kind of resolving or, or playing out? Um, it, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, you can look at uh, the uh, denomination in the United States, and it, and it runs the full spectrum. And that's where the decision is on the United States. But you look at and globally, uh, uh, Africa and over in the Far East, very, very conservative uh, in how they approach it. Because, I mean, they still have countries and communities to where, you know, it's a death sentence if you are uh, homosexual. And so uh, they can't even discuss it. There's there's no discussion there whatsoever. And um, if I look into my community, we're in the Bible Belt. It's a it's a pretty conservative community. Jackson's not that big. It tries to play with the big communities, but, you know, it's still a small town. And uh, we're probably one of the more progressive churches, but we're still conservative. I mean, our congregation runs the full spectrum. I got folks who are ready to, uh, you know, say, uh, let's do it. Let's be an affirming uh, congregation because our community needs it. And I got others who really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, cannot get past uh, looking at it and viewing it as a sin and uh, and don't even want to discuss it. So, mm. you know, it's one of those things to where we try to find those pockets of acceptance and those pockets to where we can hopefully be a light for people who are really struggling with that and struggling to find community, uh, you know, and in, in uh, you know, within the place they live. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a challenge we're all we're all uh, facing nowadays. Yeah. Do you have out members of your congregation? We do. We do. We have, uh, we, we have uh, gay members, uh, within our congregation. Um, and they're, they're, uh, welcomed, um, and, and, uh, accepted. Um, but you know, some folks, the Methodist church, uh, they don't want, they, right now we cannot ordain anyone Mm. who is a homosexual. We cannot do same sex marriages. Mm. And, uh, that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, some people view that it's like, well, if we can't have that, then you're not truly accepting us, which I can understand. I agree with them on that. Okay. So, yeah. So those are the, those are the struggles we run into. It's like, yeah, come on in, you know, we're, we're open arms, but at the same time, we do have some, restrictions you know on how we accept you yeah yeah it's tough that's rough yeah it sucks you know i mean i feel like that's what i see a lot of with people who've been hurt is just been like i went to this church that said everybody's welcome and we came in but then i couldn't volunteer or i couldn't be on the group or i couldn't join the church mm-hmm. or i couldn't you know it's a tough thing yeah you know seeing you know a lot of you know but change is happening it's happening slowly mm-hmm. um i think honestly uh, from my experience also growing up in the Bible Belt in Kentucky, um, I think that it can be dangerous to have popular adages, popular phrases to go to, like love the sin or hate the sin type of thing, where it's like this right. kind of weird gray area where you can be like, yeah, like I love you and accept you, but can't wait for the Lord to change your heart and to you know come into your life and and re reconstruct you as a person and your desires and or even i even went to um i lived in kansas for a little while and i went to a church where there were a lot of members there who supported the whole um 
like yeah you're you know you're, you're born gay and you are who you are but then like that means that god has called you to a life of abstinence kind of thing right yeah i think i think having those be like the, the more popularized rhetoric like that becomes i think it can be dangerous to give people an out uh you know when having conversations like that where they don't really have to think critically where they just have these kind of prefab answers that's like you know well yeah yeah you're gay and that's fine but you can't have a partner ever, you know, or or then I mean, there's the the ugliest side of it that I'll I'll say this to anyone without um, without uh, making any excuse at all. I think that the ugliest side of it is conversion therapy. I think that's an, an awful, ugly, horrible, horrific thing, very traumatizing. Um, right. And and so yeah, there's just there, it's 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 a very uh, dividing or divisive um, uh, topic right now for sure. Right. Yeah, I know on the conversion therapy, I was listening to your friend Robert share about his experiences there. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that you're, you know, that that you're to the point that you feel like you have to do that mm. in order to continue on. And it's just it's just horrible. Right. You know, and that's and that's, you know, the church is not supposed to be that. No. I mean, you know, Christ was accepting everybody. Christ went out and 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 was there for everyone and and he just he wanted us to to love one another love him and and and, uh you know and through that love you'll find guidance on on how you're being called to live your life and it's just one of those things i'm kind of like john wesley had the three rules he was like be good do no harm and then uh pretty much stay close with god you know those are the three rules and so you know, my kids, okay, remember the three rules to help in, and, uh, you know, making decisions in life. So mm. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm curious about how, how did you like, how did you find out about revolution and, and what kind of got your curiosity going to start listening to what we were doing? Well, it was, uh, shoot. It was a few years back. I was really kind of stuck spiritually. Um, I was struggling uh, within our church. Uh, the pastor we had um, was, I was really not getting any guidance and I was hitting some rough patches in life. And I was really looking for kind of, you know, folks who are, you know, being radical, radical in their faith, radical in their love. And, and, uh, you know, I was running across uh, Rachel Held Evans, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Natty Bowles, Webb, and, and, uh, you know, and then I started thinking about you, Jay, and <laughs> and I remember hearing about your experiences, stuff, and uh, the documentary, uh, what One Punk Under God. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was like needing some podcasts to listen to, and I was like, well, I wonder if Jay's done any interviews and stuff. And I ran across that one um, podcast you did with your friend Pete. Yeah, and uh, listened to a few of those, and uh, you know, was like, okay. I can understand, you know, the struggles you were going through and the questions and, and how you're approaching it. And, and, you know, I was right there with you. You know, I could I could see what mm-hmm. you're dealing with and agreed with you on a lot of stuff there. And then, uh, you know, kind of caught up on Revolution Church. I stepped away a little bit doing some other things. I thought I'd check back in on you again and then saw you were doing the podcast out of Minnesota. So. Seeing you're still up to your same old ways, so yeah. I'll give you a shout out. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. <laughs> up to your same old ways. Yeah, I don't know. Same There's old ways. Lots of questions, I guess. But yeah, 
I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your story with folks and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I remember your parents back in the day when I was a kid, uh, seeing them on TV and stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and it's just one of those, you know, you have one of those stories that you're able to share with folks and, and, uh, you have the ups and the downs and, and, uh, God's in the middle there with you. Oh, it is a strange journey. <laughs> I wish I could say it gets easier, but. I haven't found that to be true yet. <laughs> I mean, I want I, like it's getting okay right now, but I'm like, well, I'm just going to hold on before I make any statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when did you first um, start listening to, to Revolution podcasts? Then when did you, when did you, when was that? Was that like right after the the uh, One Punk Under God um, exposure that you had? Um, you know, I read I didn't see the documentary, but you know, I read articles on the documentary. Okay, uh, for One Punk Under God. So, um, and then I ran into your podcast and then now is probably just a couple of months ago. I started listening, uh, uh, to revolution church and, and, and catching up with you guys and going back and listening to your previous, um, uh, messages and talks and, and the meet your congregations. And then, you know, I was checking out the other podcasts that you got going on, Caleb and, and, uh, sacred collective and, and, uh, checking out with those folks too. And just getting all these different perspectives of how mm. people are trying to approach all those big questions we have about life and faith and spirituality and all that stuff. And really, you know, the biggest thing I'm looking for is, um, how to connect with folks who are not your general mainline Protestant type folks, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's what our congregation is. It's not that diverse and uh, it's shrinking. And the reason why it's shrinking is because we're not getting outside of our walls. We're not connecting with our community. We're not sharing the story, sharing the gospel and and creating community uh, within our community. And so, you know, there's many times, you know, people are like, what's the problems? I said, well, you got all these walls around you. I said, this building is it can be a bigger detriment to your ministry than an asset wow. because you can hide within it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just it's just one of those things to where if you don't get out and, and don't venture forward, then you're not going to truly do God's work. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any other spiritual communities um, that you connect with like like physically or, or does even your church itself have, have like small group type stuff or any uh alternative ways of, of doing ministry or doing church or doing fellowship besides just sunday morning to, or, or wednesday evening type stuff yeah i mean you know we got our general um worship services uh traditional and a uh, contemporary service and it's not really a contemporary service it's kind of a traditional light <laughs> type service so it's more of a praise music but you know we still have kind of a, a traditional uh, uh order we we do with it but then we also have small groups that we've done um we got one now called uh rock and theo that we're getting started back up again it's in one of the local uh pizza uh at slash breweries that we have oh cool and we invite folks in and just bring in questions like we were doing uh drop your questions in the jar, pull a question out and then just discuss it. You know, whoever's there just kind of share and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, just let, let everybody know that, Hey, we respect one another. You know, we're not going to jump on anybody for what they say and just, and just share. 
and, like and hopefully learn from one another in this. Mm. So that's one thing we enjoy doing. Uh, but yeah, the biggest thing is getting outside the walls and we're really pushing them to engage with folks. Uh, we got a homeless, uh, we, we got a, a nonprofit that works with the homeless that are, that's walking distance from our church. Mm. And so, you know, couple of nights a week, we host the homeless to spend the night at our church and encourage our congregation to engage with them Mm. in providing a meal. And we got a couple of folks that spend the night with them type deal. Um, So, you know, those types of things that we're really trying to, you know, encourage the congregation to, hey, get to know somebody else other than, you know, the same folks you play golf with (laughs) and and, and branch out type Mm. deal. That's great. It sounds like you you all are, are doing some really good work around that. It sounds like at least you personally, it sounds like your heart is in a really good place with trying to b- make those connections and, 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 and build those bridges. I know that's something we talk about this pretty much every Meet Your Congregation episode. Um, but yeah, that's something yeah. that as a church we're really trying to, to work on is saying, you know what, well, who is the other now? You know, and, and that's always kind of a, a changing thing that I think it takes some effort to reexamine and, and to be aware that... Um, like for, for progressives, you know, maybe now the other is is the conservative. So then, how do I love them? And, and vice versa for the conservative, the, right. the progressive, you know, or or for um, you know, for for people even outside of political leanings, you know, different social leanings or you know, uh, sexual orientations and communities that that come from that, you know, and things like that, and and just trying to have productive conversations outside of our comfort zones, I think, is a very important thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jay's, you know, you've been talking about trying to be a bridge between the conservatives and the progressives. And it's, you know, and you're seeing that that their tactics and how they interact with, with one another, they're using the same strategies yeah. and trying to dehumanize one another. And it's like, we need to be coming together on this stuff. You know, it's like we're all in the same boat together. We need to kind of work with one another. But it's, I remember in college, our our Methodist uh, student group, the president of the group came out while he was president. And so when we were having a, a meeting of the leaders within that group, um, it, it got to where somebody was to the point, it's like, okay, well, I need to know what side you're on. You know, do you agree with him coming out and still being president or not? Type deal. Wow, and it really yeah. divided the group. And my wife, and, or she was my girlfriend at the time, but we were there and we said, this is the first time that we've really had to deal with this personally. You know, we've had a really good friend. He's revealed to us that he's gay and this is our first experience with this. And so we can't say one way or the other right now until we have time to pray and reflect on it, to digest what has just hit us. And we end up losing friends on both sides because you're trying to be that bridge. And that's one thing, like our pastor said, it's like, hey, that that animal walking across the road that's roadkill now, I mean, it didn't happen in the middle of the road. It's because you had stuff coming from the right and from the left that ran it over. Yeah. And that's kind of how we feel like sometimes being in the middle. But, you know, you have to be there if you want to bring them both together. You just got to weather the punches. Um, so, you know, that's kind of why. You know, there's there's times with my congregation, I really struggle with them. And I'm like, you know, we should be doing more. We should be engaging with people more. And it's just like you want to wash your hands and say, I'm done with you guys. You know, it's time to knock the dust off my sandals and and head on. But at the same time, 
I still need to minister to them and engage with them to help them grow in their faith mm-hmm. and help them grow in becoming more of a light. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm still being called to be with you guys, even though you're driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and it's tough. I mean, it's tough when we, we want people to grow and change, but often we have to, you know, invest in people's lives. You know, I mean, people yeah. have questions, and they want to grow and they want to change. And it's, it's tough when we live in a society right now that just, especially on social media, that just discards that. You know, even change sometimes, you know, people come around and go like, oh, I was wrong. And they're like, oh, and you did this to me. You know what I mean? It's like we don't even allow people to have the change that we were telling them we want them to have. Mm. You know, and then we're like, oh, too late, you know, Mm. and and uh, that scapegoating idea and that all or nothing idea might be a great idea for online snippets. But I feel like in the real world, we're all so full of contradiction that there's just no way to, to really live that way in life and in humanity. And it might be the buzz issues right now, or it just might be issues you're having in relationship or friendship, you know. Um, there's got to be time to grow, you know, mm-hmm. and allow that to happen. Yeah. And it's very, very rarely yeah. an overnight transformation, too, which is where the patience comes in. And Yeah. yeah. It, does, it doesn't – that doesn't, I don't think, mandate – that you have to always um, have an unlimited supply or, or be expected to have an unlimited supply of patients. You know, boundaries are always important, of course, but, um, you know, and, and knowing healthfully, okay, I can still interact with this person without compromising my own um, self-care, I guess. But, but you know, still yeah. um, striving towards that patience. And even if it takes like, okay, I need a week off from you right now, but I'm going to try to come back again, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I think trying to, yeah, trying to be patient and, and, and build those bridges. Like we keep saying, um, is, is vital if we're going to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, uh, our congregation, what's unique by it is the CME church, um, started within the basement of our congregation. And it was when uh, it was the Methodist Episcopal South and slavery was still going on. And the there were people who brought their slaves with them. They met in the basement and another another denomination developed out of that. And so we still have a tradition and a history of interacting with those who are not like us. Now, it's not a pretty one. Uh, but we can still rely on that with our current congregation saying, listen, we've been able to do this in the past, work with others. So let's get out and continue doing that work and engaging like we need to. Um, so it, it's patience. I mean, you got to take a lot of patience, but at the same time, you got to hold folks accountable. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we want to do a study on this. That's great. What are your plans after you do this study? How are you going to move forward? Or are we just going to continue talking about it and not do anything? Yeah. So those are the challenges I got. Ugh. Those are tough ones. Hmm. I hope that's not a curveball <laughs> coming your way. <laughs> you never know. No, you so. don't, really. Yeah, that's an, that's kind of reminds me of uh, something that popped in my head earlier when you were talking, Scott, is um, you say you haven't really had any curveballs. Have you? Would you say you've had any sorts of, of shifts? It sounds like you have been challenged you know, on some theological issues, like you were saying, you and your uh, then girlfriend, current wife, having to um, 
to maybe not reassess, but to maybe even just assess for the first time where you fell on, you know, uh, LGBTQIA plus type stuff. Have you had any sort of notable shifts in your worldview or theology or, or philosophy? I think I've always been, I guess, would be classified as progressive um, because, you know, I kind of pretty much look at God is a constant and God is love. And so uh, within that constant love, there doesn't leave me much room in excluding anyone from that love. Mm. If I'm supposed to love one another, love my neighbor and love God, then I mean, there's really no question in it. You know, it's, Mm. it doesn't matter. You know, I need to love one another, treat each other with respect and, and, through that love, hopefully the spirit will spark within them and then they would be able to share God's love as well with others. And it's just, I mean, of course you got to protect yourself. You can't sacrifice yourself to the point to where you can't do ministry anymore with one another. But at the same time, you can't guard yourself from people that you think are going to take you down. I guess one of those things is, is make it to where you're not following your faith anymore. You gotta, you know, you gotta right walk that tightrope. So I haven't really been in that, that strict of an environment to where it says I have to exclude people. Never been to that point. That's kind of how I've approached everything. Um, You know, I'll just kind of assess their life, their story type deal and how I fit within that story. You know, it could be, you know, the guy at the country club, or it could be the homeless guy on the street. It's mm. like, how do I fit in their story mm. type deal? Because we all fit in each other's story. That's great. Yeah, that's really powerful. Now, am I perfect at it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I screw up every day. Mm. But, you know, at least I try mm. uh, to have some sort of uh, impact on somebody. That's great. That's really that's some those are some powerful words. Yeah, man, and super honored that we're able to be a part of that journey as well. That's mm. really cool. Totally. Cool. Well, we uh, we always ask the same question when we're, we're heading towards wrapping up these uh, conversations. I, and I know that you haven't been listening for too long, but is, does anything come to mind that we as a church, as an online community? Uh, for you could do better or could do more of or even do less of do you have any uh any sort of comments on on how we're operating or anything we could do better well i've enjoyed everything that y'all um been doing so far uh it's inspired me a lot to uh you know reach out and challenge myself to get in in touch with uh, people more i would love to see what else you guys do other other than the the weekly talks and and podcasts and stuff yeah you know challenge you guys to share what you're doing within you know the community around you i mean john wesley said the world is his parish and you know if we live by that then you know we're getting out there engaging with folks and and uh finding all sorts of opportunities to share who we are and 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 our love with others and you know that would be a nice little variety to add within the mix as well Mm, we're we we got a christmas parade coming up tomorrow and uh so you know we got some of us it goes right by the corner of the church and you know we hand out hot chocolate to folks while they're there out in the cold and and uh you know chat with them and and uh and uh uh, just say hi you know my name's scott glad you made it out here type deal and 
And uh, if you want to sing Christmas carols with us before the parade, come on up on the steps type deal. You know, that type of stuff. And, and, and just try to be as welcoming as possible uh, in our engagement with folks. And, and, you know, that's a good practice for, you know, our members in getting out and doing that or, you know, helping out within the community and just having those challenges uh, to, to, to grow more when you hit that point to where you're ready to do that. You know, I know we have folks at all different levels and, and uh, it is uh, tough when you have a flock and, and uh, helping everyone out at their each unique level that they're at. Mm, that's a great note. Yeah. Last time that we did anything like that at all was pride, which was a while ago. That's awesome. I mean, you attended the, Oh yeah. And then we went to a protest Yeah, for the border. Yeah. It's hard to get, I mean, we have such a small in-person congregation. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, to coordinate, or, yeah, yeah, to get, you know, like if we get everybody online together to do something, well, we could still go idea. down and hand out drinks, mm-hmm. do something like that. You there know, you go. Even if it's just going down to Pride next year and it's just saying, "Are you thirsty? Want some water?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting at, at Pride handing out flyers. We got uh, all sorts of different responses. People would take the flyer and be like, yeah. "Oh, hey, great, thanks!" And then they'd they'd read church and we'd get yeah, like some here you go. Yeah. <laughs> We had a few angry people, a few disinterested people. We had some people who we, we had some really great conversations with. Curtis and I were were, were chatting people, chatting with people a bit. Um, but yeah, that that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. We we had our first Pride Festival in Jackson this year, and uh, normally they had held it at someone's house. It was a very private uh, event, but this year they decided to go out in public. And have it at one of the local parks. And we were just like, wow. And uh, it was one of those things. It's like nobody in my church said anything about it or even made an inkling of, hey, we could be a part of that. Fortunately, you know, our neighbors, uh, uh, the Episcopal Church, they had a booth out there. And that was awesome. Mm. It was really great seeing them out there. But uh, the job I'm I'm at you know, they're wanting to look at diversity and be more inclusive uh, within, you know, our workforce and said, well, there's a pride fest coming up if y'all want to give it a whirl. And they were like, let's do it. So that was cool. really cool that, you know, with my works workplace, we were able to go out there and, and support and uh, be a part of that group. And, you know, the goal is, you know, I saw a couple of church members there and they were like, well, we should be out here. And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we can do it next year if y'all want to get together and do it. Mm. So that's great. But yeah, that, that's awesome stuff that y'all are doing. Thanks. Share man. it. Love to see it. Thank cool. you. Yeah. You're, I like you a lot, Scott. Yeah, Scott, you're a good guy, man. <laughs> hey, I love you guys. <laughs> we want you to stay encouraged. Don't get discouraged. If you do, let us know. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll keep in touch. I'll, I'll keep you all posted on Please what do. we're doing down here. Heck yeah. yeah. We're, we're trying to get a, a little more of a diverse small group going at the beginning of next year. And I got a, I got a friend in the congregation and he's got a lot of friends who are, are not a member of a church and they're really struggling spiritually, but they love talking about faith and, and, and spirituality. And he's like, Man, we need to do a podcast. I was like, "Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Let the fun begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may be maybe hearing some stuff from the the belt buckle down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, I can help uh, consult you on setting up a podcast. That's for sure. It's 
takes up most of my time when I'm not working my day job. So I'm very yeah. familiar with with and that. It sounds like a passion. It is, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if, if you come up with uh, any ideas, or we come up with any ideas for our church and and your church to collaborate on anything, or you know, I know that we're separated by many many miles and states, but. Uh, you know, if there's yeah. any way that we can we can help each other out, it sounds like what you all are doing is um, is is heading in a similar direction to us. Um, at least the stuff that, that you've mentioned. So, you know, if there's any way we can collaborate, let us know. Definitely. Well, thank you, sir. Have a lovely day and a good holiday season. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you for uh, reaching out to chat, and I look forward to doing it again. Y'all take care. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Stay in touch. All right. Bye bye. See ya. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, J.B. We're living in a society that's like money buys comfort and ease. Yes. And and at the core of that it's trust, right? I mean at at the it's a it's a mistrust of of allowing yourself vulnerability. Yeah, and you see both sides doing it. You see the progressives want to be comfortable with their life and say, you know, all conservatives are bad. And then you see the conservatives doing it, and they want their way of life, and they're both seeking comfort. And what we've been talking about doing with the Loosen the Bible Belt podcast and tour is saying we want to create a space where people can come and be uncomfortable and disagree well. And we've lost the art of disagreeing well because we all want to be taken care of and be affirmed. And it's like, you know, when are we going to grow up? You know, it's not about being happy and comfortable, not for the progressive and not for the conservative. Yeah. And, and in fact, right, that that tension that we cannot handle actually creates more animosity. Yes. Right. Yes. We begin to dehumanize the other that we disagree with to the point that we can no longer. I mean, shit, we can't we can't even sit next to each other and worship the deity together. That's pathetic. Superstition. Prayer. Spirituality. That was a post-Christian podcast.